the way uh the path and we'll just make this i guess part three of it but what he's talking about here is the way of holiness this highway that he's talking about is the highway of holiness and when we talk about uh the way i went over that last week a way is of course travel from one place to another uh, it is also a manner of doing things, a method of accomplishing something, a course in life. That word way has been used some 400 different ways at times, uh, usages in the Bible. And when, when Jesus came, he says that he was the way, he's the truth, and he's the light, and no man coming unto the Father but by him. So... We've seen that the way was defining what salvation was. It was a path of life to salvation. Uh, and there, uh, we need to go over the way, uh, understanding of the uh, path. Psalm 16 and 11 says, Thou will show me the path of life. In thine presence is fullness of joy, and at, that, and at thine right hand, and in the right hand, thy pleasure evermore. So there's a path in life to go. Uh, if you're from the country or whatever, you know where the pathway is. Uh, uh, and people tell you, stay on the beaten path. In other words, that's kind of a metaphor. It's just stay on the trail or the narrow trail. In other words, it's more used or more used by less number of people, that narrow trail. But there's a Broadway. A Broadway introduces other factors into life and other things in life. And it's a more liberal way, like a lot of people have introduced into religion and we know all of the religions come out of a single religion and that is a singletary belief in God in which man develops all different uh, other types of way and the grace of God had appeared to all men but we have a tendency in our human nature to pervert the ways of God or uh, the things of God uh, book of Jeremiah the 6th chapter and the 16th verse says thus saith the Lord stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls you'll find rest in that right way when walking in the right path or in the right way there's a rest because Jesus gives us that rest in finding him to be our way. And I also said the way was instructions, a doctrine, a manner of teaching. Uh, Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John, the 6th verse, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming under the Father but by me. So in other words, there's not a whole lot of different ways. It's only one way to God, one way to salvation. And he had came and he showed us that way. 
and we're to follow that way, that way of, of holiness, the way to God. And uh, as we see the way of holiness, holiness as conduct, holiness as part of our conduct in life. How do we conduct our way through life, ourselves in life? Our way of life, a way of life is a manner of life. How do we live life? Uh, is it lived according to the word of God, according to, as he said, because living his way and according to his way gives us life more abundantly. Yes. It gives us a much more prosperous life, a much more peaceful life and a joyful life. The book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, 14 through the 17th verse says, Follow peace with all, with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man shall fall, fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby de- be defiled. Uh, that goes back to in Psalms 119, I'm thinking one that we says that stays from being undefiled in the way. The way keeps us in a prosperous manner of pulling off the old man, of taking away from the old conduct, putting the old man to death. It's a matter of putting the old man to death. He says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau was, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright for Know ye how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. So what does it mean to pursue a life of holiness? What does it mean to pursue a life of holiness? It's going after living the way God says live, and if we try to live the way God says live, there's going to be a lot of tribulation and trial and adversity come in our life. If somebody could look or find Psalms 11 and 4 through 5, Psalms 11, 4 through 5, and we want to read that because we're set up, there's obstacles, and I, I talked about tribulation last week and God sets tribulation and trials in our lives to strengthen us, to help us to overcome and to be strong in Him because if we don't face adversity in life, if we don't face trial and tribulation, we won't develop a right character. Character is something that has to be developed and it's just like exercise. It's just like Exercise without a proper resistance to uh, certain things in against uh, a muscle or a muscle group or something, the law of thermodynamics sets in and it tends to degrade, it tends to be a degradation or whatever. We had, I went to the doctor with someone this week or whatever. The doctor was talking about being less sedentary to move around to work, to try to walk around or whatever, because we really wasn't designed to be sedentary beings. 
which would dispel that notion of sitting around heaven all day, a time of idleness or whatever. We wasn't meant to be idle. The Bible teaches against idleness and slothfulness. And we know as we get older, the problem with older people is they become sedentary, watching television or just not moving around or whatever, not getting out gardening or walking or working or doing everything. They tend to start to, how can I say it, uh, develop entropy in parts of their body or whatever, and they develop a tendency to start putting on weight in unhealthy ways or whatever. Psalm 11, 4 through 5. The Lord is the Lord in his body, in his whole throne. Let me read that to you in the Amplified Version. It reads a little bit different than the King James. It says, The Lord is in his holy temples. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids test and prove the children of men. The Lord tests and proves the unyieldingly righteous, but his soul abhors the wicked and him who loves violence. So, and put to the test, what do we choose in life? He says, choose life. Choose that which is right. So he gives us a variable of different ways of things to pursue And he wants us to choose that which is right. But we know we have to have instruction or doctrine from God as to what there is that's right. Because there's a way that uh, seems right to man and an end thereof is death and destruction. And man is more or less self-centered. He more or less chooses selfishly up self-ambitious of that which profits him. And so we have to have a tendency toward looking at God's word to develop right choices in life because our ways are not like his ways and our thoughts are not like his thoughts. And uh, I was reading out of the book of Acts last week a few of the things about the apostle Paul when he was under the Jewish religion, Judaism, uh, and what he was pursuing as a a Pharisee and what he thought was right. And that's why I say religion takes us away from that which God means it to be because we have to have the Spirit of God to direct man. So this grace of God that appears to all men, it comes through faith, hearing the word of God. In other words, hearing instructions from God. We have to hear that instruction from God. Uh, And I was telling you about the apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee at the time, and he told Agrippa, and he was telling us some of the things that he did as a Pharisee, uh, the doctrines against those doctrines, Acts 9, chapter in the second verse, it says, And desired of him letters to Damascus and to the synagogues, that if he found any in this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. 
that is of the Christian way. In other words, Christ-like way. It was a way of instruction that Christ came and taught to his disciples, which is the apostle doctrine. In other words, this was the spirit, the spirit that give it life. Christ came so that we might have life. So that salvation was in Christ Jesus. And that's why he says he's the way and the truth and the life. Because the eye taught, uh, we might have been taught an eye for eye, two foot two. But Christ taught that we must love our enemies. We must pray for those that despitefully use you. Paul was at odds with this teaching. He was at odds with the manner of life that the Christians that had adopted because he felt it was some strange new thing. And he didn't realize it that it was the spirit of the law. In other words, that Christ came in the spirit of the law to put that into effect because the heart, man can't, live for God or live in because he becomes a legalist at most when he comes to religion and the spirit is what give it life. It it interprets life for us. It puts a, it puts a face onto life. It it puts life as God would choose for us to live it. I was telling you last week about the Sabbath day that there's no specific instructions in the Bible as to how to carry out the Sabbath day, the specifics of what to do and what not to do. But there's liberty in the Sabbath day, but man, the Sabbath was made for man, but the Spirit would direct us into as to what we should do on that day. That's why he says with fear and trembling work out your own salvation because it is necessary that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ to be able to live in the way of life. When he says he's the way, he's the truth, he's the light. We must receive of his spirit We must receive of his spirit. We must be born again to enter into that life. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus died, but that he would send the spirit back as a comforter, assurance, the earnest of our inheritance. That spirit would testify of him, but what that spirit would also do it would guide and lead us into all truth. That truth is the truth, the way and the life that Jesus brings. But it comes by hearing the word of God. It comes by faith. Faith coming by hearing the word of God. So it's the instructions that come through his apostles, through the teaching of their word, whose word, the apostles' word, the instruction. That's why I said the way ends up being instruction, a doctrine. And there's many a doctrine and many a teaching out there. But what that teaching does, it makes uh, superhighways. In other words, if you go to Los Angeles, uh, 
Atlanta or something. I was going to Atlanta or whatever. In Atlanta, I was on a highway. I think it had, what, about 10 lanes to that highway. Just one highway, that interstate on one side had about 10 lanes in it. In other words, superhighway, they broaden the way. There's a broad way, but he's saying that broad way is as religion broaden the way and makes many different ways, there's a lot of exit ramps or off ramps. That's the way that leads to destruction. It is a narrow way that lead it and says straight is the gate that lead it unto eternal life. Yes. In other words, holiness narrows your, your life. It gives you abundant life, but it limits the things that you can do in that life and still stay as one of his disciples. In other words, it causes a pruning. It causes a changing of conduct. It changes your thought life. We are new creation in Christ Jesus. That's why it has to give us, uh, he gives us a new heart in which he circumscribes and writes upon that heart his laws and that way we can interpret the law. The Spirit helps us to interpret the law because the Spirit convicts you of sin. Yes. It's the Spirit that convicts you of sin. That's why I said over a period of time, you'll start to be able to observe the Sabbath better and better in his laws and his ways because it develops a consciousness or awareness of transgressing God's laws. That's what, That's why the law was given because of transgressions. The law was given because of transgressions. And I told you, we should be pursuing peace or we should be pursuing holiness. So what gives us peace, what gives us joy, that is pleasing God. If a man please the Lord, he'll make all of his enemies at peace. So to get real peace in our lives or whatever, our ways has to please God. And we know that our ways are not pleasing unto God because our ways are not like his ways. Our thoughts are not like his thoughts. That we have to be converted. We have to have repentance in our lives. Our lives has to be changed. There's a lot of obstacles in our lives. There's a lot of mountains and hills that need moving out of the way. That's why the Spirit, he says, to see, he was sending the Spirit of Elijah. And, and when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking as though John the Baptist was Elias. He says Elias had already come. Well, with the, that Spirit of John the Baptist came preaching or teaching. It came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in preparation of making way for the Messiah to come, he says to prepare a way in the desert. Oh. So as when John the Baptist came, he was going to prepare. He was making preparations for Jesus Christ to come in. And I was telling you, we must be born again. But for Jesus Christ to come into our lives for us to be saved in that day of salvation. When Peter preached that, he preached, repent, 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. But this that's, that was being done, this salvation that cometh from the Lord, it is a preparatory thing that we have to do. In other words, faith has to have work. So when hearing the word priest, today is the day of salvation, we must not harden our heart. We must do what we hear saying to do. And that is repent. That is turn from our ways, turn away from what we're doing. And that's the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That's the Elijah. That's John the Baptist calling repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, salvation is here. He says a voice of one calling out Isaiah 43 through four says calling out, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness remove all the obstacles, make straight and smooth in the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Let the rough ground become plain and the rugged places a broad valley. But in doing that, that has biblical language to it. When the obstacles that we're to remove comes through the word of God, comes through walking by faith, speaking to the mountain. In other words, you remember I told you when he told Peter, how would you like to have what you say? Well, we must speak a sound doctrine or start speaking faith-filled words. We must be a doer of God's word. We must continue in his word. The obstacles in our life, bitterness and all of these things that has to be removed, God's will has to be starting to be done in our lives. So we pray to God that his will be done in our lives, that we would pray to him to to change us, to hear us, and help us to live for him. That's why, like I said, in combination and conjunction with this, it's prayer that God hears. I I keep telling people, are you praying? Mm -hmm. I ask people all the time, are you praying to God? That's what God hears is the fervent of the effectual, the earnest prayer. Listen, thus says the Lord, verse 8, In an acceptable time I've heard thee, and in the day of salvation I have helped thee. The time you cried to him that you see that you're lost, you have to realize that you lost, that your ways are not profiting you anything that you are laboring in vain. Things are not coming uh, uh, what you want it to be. Your life is in the wrong way. That you see yourself as Paul did last week, I was saying, O wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the bondage of this death? I have bitterness. We have to start seeing ourselves as wretched, as insignificant. It's not accomplishing anything. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. That we need Christ for to become productive, for to become fruitful, to bring forth fruit, meat for repentance, that we have to hew down. His Spirit hews these things down in our lives because being shaped in iniquity, being conceived in sin, we have to start making right choices. 
So as we crying and calling out to God, he hears us. We have to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And the Father would hear us. This is in conjunction with praying to the Father in Jesus' name that this is what you need to do. I, I need to get this done. I can't do it. But the Father hear you when you pray in Jesus' name. It says, ask the Father anything and that he'll do. But as the Father hear you, he sends his spirit into your life. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by his spirit. You have to have the spirit in your life because the spirit of God working in us both to will and to do. That's how we accomplish things is through the spirit of God. Because what that spirit does, it leads us and guides us in all truth. That's the helper. So when he says, I'll send help, I'll strength, I'll send my spirit. That spirit is the helper. That's the comforter. That's what's going to comfort you. How is he going to comfort you? Sometimes he's going to comfort you with the word of God. In other words, repeating the word of God, repeating the Psalms. That's why I say we have to study his word. We have to keep assimilating that word, meditating in that word day and night. The power of God under salvation is the gospel. It's all centered in the word of God. That's why those of us who believe on him, those who receive him, by what? By faith. So we believe the promise. We believe God's word that he will come and do whatever we ask of him. Anything that we ask him in Jesus' name, we believe that promise that he will do it. He'll accomplish that through us. That he'll give us help. That's why I say, when he says by, your, by his stripes we are healed. So when I come home this week, I was talking to someone. He said, well, he had been outside walking around or whatever. So through man, God helps us through man. And so he put man here and this is sound instructions or whatever is that we help one another. So this person, I, I, like I said, I don't want to call any names or whatever. It gives them hope in Christ that one day, you know, I can walk around, I can, my health could be restored, that he can do these things. Now, these objectives sometimes are work through men. We're the instrumentality of God. In other words, we're God's hands, we're God's feet, we're God's mouth. That's why it says exhort one another. That's why it says sometimes when you come along and say, brother, you can do it. Or you have someone praying for you or someone that's pushing you along and helping you. But it doesn't come from pity. Some people say, I can't do this. I can't do that. Okay, there are some that won't be able to achieve this. There are some people can't be pushed. But the preacher, the teacher, the deacon, we're here to push one another. But if some people, when you try to push, they push back and they get, they start attacking that which is pushing them. Yeah. They say, well, you do it or whatever. Now you're striking someone or something that God had put in your life. The, the, in other words, the rod. You challenging the rod that God's using to push you along. So the trial and the tribulation are the things 
God's using to strengthen you. So you should count it all joy. Paul said we count it all joy when we fall in divers trials and temptation. When things are coming in our life, well, this humiliation, you say, oh, you humiliated me. Well, that humiliation might have strengthened you. That might have taken away from your pride. That pride needed to be removed away. That's the way God had strengthened you was to take away your pride. And that was through humility. So, so, so every mountain might be made low. You might have a proud or haughty spirit, but then you may be a lowly person. You may be a person that that someone needs to come along and build up and exhort and say, you can do it. So we don't know what to do. It's the spirit that doeth all of these things. So we can't determine what we need, but that's what man wants to do. I know what's good for me. I know how to manage myself. Well, good. That's the reason you've been messed up all this time because you know what's best for yourself. Yes. Whereas we don't know what's best for ourselves. God knows what's best for us. It's God that gives the instructions in the directions. So most people that try to control their life or through self-control, you're going to lose your life through trying to save it or trying to direct it. When you take hands off and let God do to you what he wants to do, when you just, as they say, let go and let God, when you start submitting yourself unto God, he gives greater grace. He gives you to the ability to go through all the trials and the testing and that which he had, he's putting you through. There's a reason he's doing that. So that's the way, that's the, to walk in. That spirit will say, this is the way, walk in this way. It says, uh, well, on Saturdays, I used to do this or that. So he's going to start changing the Saturday or the Sabbaths in your life and the way you do things, your way of doing things, that you could change all of those things. You could start counting it a delight to pray for your enemy. You used to would curse and rail up on your enemy and talk about him, but you will bless those that persecute you. You go pray for those that are doing these things. Those that despitefully using you are hungry. If your enemy is hungry, you go feed them. You go do the opposite of what you would do. Paul says, when I attempt to do good, evil is right there. When I do, in other words, when you're doing things the way you want to do it, you think that that's the way that's right, but that's the way to destruction. You're going to need it the opposite, to do it the opposite way. You're going to need to ask God, what should you do? In each situation, each thing that come in your life, you need to ask God for direction. As you wake up that morning praying that thy will be done, lead us not into temptation, and lead me this day or whatever. See, because... It was our wrong choices and directions that has gotten us where we are. But if we develop communications and a relationship with Jesus Christ, his voices will get more audible and more louder to us. We will be able to hear him much better as we tune out the voices in the world. He's going to tell us the way to walk in because he's the one that's going away and preparing a place 
for us. He prepares the way for us that we should walk therein. Uh, Psalm 119 and 1. Let me see, can I get back to this thing? It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. This scripture is saying that the way of God is defined by what? The law of God. So if you walk in that law, you walk not in the way of the scorner or the scuffer because the American way, the Japanese way, the Chinese way, or whatever way it is, there'd be many a different ways are not the right way. That mentality of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps of being independent. And a lot of people are very sarcastic and they change throughout because why? They're becoming bitter, angered because this is not working and that's not working. And the stability is not in the law of the Lord and not in what God's directed. The stability is in themselves, and that's why they're unstable in all of their ways. They're up, they're down. There's no consistency in their lives. But with God, there's peace forevermore. We're always at peace. We always enjoy. The world can't take those things away. So uh, that's the portion of the package that we have to rejoice in, and it's the law of the Lord, that your ways please God, that you delight yourself in the law. Uh, The second phase is who walk in the law of the Lord defines undefiled. In other words, this is not a way that has something that's profane in it. In other words, something that makes things common or ordinary. Because it's a way of holiness, and holiness means pure, it means undefiled. So, uh, if somebody talks to you about, uh, and you you can detect bitterness or something in them, but it has to be the spirit working in you because they can say, well, this guy's tell by, or we gossiping about something. It's going to tell you when you're doing something wrong. The spirit of God's going to say, well, this is not, have something ever, or you say something told you or whatever, the spirits will get louder and louder to you to where you'll stop gossiping or being bitter. You're starting to be able to see yourself reflected in the word of God. The word of God shows you yourself more better. But we have to be a doer of God's word, doing that something. Um, so I'm trying to recap and trying to get to something new here, which is aren't easy to do. First Peter one thirteen through twenty five calls all people of faith to live a life of holiness. Literally, holy living means that a Christian lives a life that is set apart, that is reserved to give God glory, not giving yourself glory. So that means you can't sit around doing the things that pleases you. A lot of times I say, well, I might watch a little television while doing lunch, but I can't sit here and watch TV all day. I can't sit here and watch TV all night or whatever. I must do things that's going to glorify or point me toward God. But because the longer I sit here for myself, it's self-centered. It's not productive in the Lord. So that 
moves an obstacle out of my way, the television has become an obstacle in the word of God saying, well, you shouldn't be sitting here watching television. You shouldn't be doing anything that centers on self where that portion is not glorifying God. That's an obstacle that needs to be moved out of the way. It causes you to become busy in the Lord. And at the end of the day, you'll see, you'll feel the reward in that. Uh, and it starts talking to you to where when you're doing something and it's not productive in the Lord, you get away from that. You get away from that. Uh, you say, well, look, I hadn't accomplished anything sitting here watching TV. I could sit here and watch TV for three or four hours. What have I accomplished? What have I got done? What productivity was in there? But if I'd have got up and I went for a walk and I did this and I did those things, well, that's bringing forth fruit unto the Lord that's walking in God. For it says, Titus 2 and 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So anything that we do to consume it upon our own lust, we need to deny that. We need to deny that. We need to be doing something. If it if it's just going out witnessing for the Lord or telling somebody something for the Lord or praying to the Lord or whatever, we need to we need to put into action a way that promotes God consistently as much as we can throughout the day. It's a way of life. I hope I, I hope that that's getting yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll get it. Forty-two and sixteen. He says, "I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. I will guide them in paths that they do not know. I will make darkness into the light before them and rugged places into plains. These things I will do for them. I will not abandon or leave them." undone. So what is the spirit leading you in the next hour or two to do? After that hour, it may be after that hour or two gone by, can you reflect back and say, now what I've done the last two hours, was that for God or was it for me? What did it accomplish? You evaluate what are you doing during the day or what's your time spent doing because It says redeeming the time for the day is evil. So was you doing something that was considered for God or for others? Because if it wasn't for God or or for others, it was to consume it up on your own lust. Mm -hmm. It's just like I spent it eating, so that was gluttony. I might have should have just took a few minutes to eat. But if I eat all day, I always eat, and that's gluttony. That's a sin. That's that's something that gets me away from what I'm praying to God to do. Is it that is help me to lose weight, help me not to eat so much, help me to fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So mm-hmm. 
judging, you must consistently judge all things, all the things that's coming in your life. It's constantly making a choice during the day. It's constantly choosing. He says, choose life. So if you're reading or studying the word of God, if you're hearing the word preached or taught and meditating on his word, that's profitable. That leads to salvation. But is it idle talking? Is it something that's vain? I'll give you an example of it. This young man came and asked me, uh, he said, well, what you want to sell that truck for? How much you want to sell that truck for? Well, you know, he, he asked me about my car one time and he didn't get it or whatever. But instead of telling him, uh, say, well, I don't want to sell it. Uh, last time we talked about buying something, you didn't come through with it or whatever. I just kind of told him, well, I, I want to sell it for X number of dollars. And instead of me telling him sometime, that's why I say sometime it's all putting instead of him saying, well, look, man, we didn't went through it before. I don't want to sell it. Or I don't even want to talk about it because I didn't consider him a serious individual anymore. But I said, I just told him $700. What is morning, he knocked on my door and said, well, I got the $700. You want to sell the truck? And I'm like, well, I'm getting ready for church. I'll talk to you later on or whatever. Because now I need to know how to put this, that I didn't want to embarrass you in front of your friends or whatever, but no, I don't want to sell it. I can't sell it to you for that much. I wouldn't feel comfortable. I wasn't taking you seriously. Mm. Mm. See, but it's my word. It's my way. Things I say, that's why I say we have to give account for every idle word. So that put me in a position of backtracking. So that's what I say. During the course of the day, are we thinking about everything we say or do? Is it, is it something productive in the way of God? Because we have to pursue holiness and that our ways have to be as Jesus Christ. All of the things that he did can't be written in the number of books, but everything he did was for a purpose, and the purpose was in godliness, that he asked God to help him to do that or instruct him and guide him in that way to do that. Yes. Yes. And when a man's ways please the Lord, I want all of my ways to be pleasing unto God. Everything I do, I want in review or retrospective, for God says, this was well pleasing unto him. Um, Proverbs 15 and 19 says, The way of the lazy is like a hedge of thorn. It pricks, it lacerates, and entangles him. But the way of life of the upright is smooth and open like a highway. <sighs> Spent several things, t- think, doing things, doing several things yesterday. The majority of them wasn't for myself, but after about two or three o'clock, the things I'd done was for myself. They were vanity. They were unprofitable. And they were resentful. And I said that they were a waste of time. Mm. So that wasn't time redeemed. Mm. But earlier that day, I pursued the guy from the neighbor down the street. I stopped him. I was headed 
to over my brother's house to get something done, and I went to my son's house was getting something done. Doesn't it make you feel better to have a sense of accomplishment, of helping others, of doing something that was productive? Yes. yes. Then to look back and say, man, all I was doing was sitting around watching reruns or watching this on television. Mm-hmm. I didn't get anything done. Isn't that a embarrassing thing to say I didn't get anything done? Do you feel like shopping all day or just idling away time? That's what the Bible says about the way of, of laziness. But if you get a way of pursuing God, God's going to talk to you and he's going to direct all of your ways. Because why? You're being attentive to hear what God's saying. And God's looking for vessels that he can use. He's looking for vessels that can be used. Isaiah, the 30th chapter in the 21st verse says, Your ears will hear a word behind you. It says, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or the left, it's going to direct you. And that's what we're looking for, for to be directed in all of our ways. And the only time that may you could get that rest in may be the Sabbath of that Sabbath day of the Lord. Remember I tell you, I don't try to get much done on Sabbath, but if something comes into my life on the Sabbath, I see or try to analyze, is it from the Lord? Mm-hmm. But the other six days, I'm trying to hear from God. Yes, That's the way that we're trying to develop from God, the way to God that we're trying to develop. Uh, are we understanding what I'm saying? That we're trying to put God into our life. He must decrease and we must, he must increase and we must decrease. I'm sorry, I said that backward. He must increase and we must decrease so that in everything that we're doing, we're developing a godly character. We do it, we develop in a character that people can look at and say he has a code or a way of living, a life of living. Whereas when we do the other way, we suffer setbacks and set up stumbling blocks. Now, this young man has a way to say, well, man, I wish he hadn't told me that joking or whatever. He didn't waste my time. I could have been looking elsewhere to do it. No, I didn't set myself up as a failure. Mm -hmm. When I go back and I say, well, man, I shouldn't have told you that. I don't want to sell the truck or whatever. You see, I've become the adversary of what i done wasn't profitable Instead of avoiding and, and saying at that time, yes. So there be many of failures, as I was telling uh, my brother earlier this week. It's a lot of times I make choices and decisions that are the wrong decisions, and we're not gonna make the right decisions all of the time. Mm. But it's better to be making these decisions, trying to do better, trying to see where we can can correct our lives at and how can we go forth in God because what he's doing he straightens that which is crooked he straightens the crooked paths Luke it's Luke the third chapter fourth through the sixth verse about being made smooth we're preparing the way in other words 
the beaten path, that trodden path, Jesus Christ came and he removed all of the obstacles. And that's what we're to do with God's word. To move the obstacles in our lives and God's word effectively does that in New Testament living. The book of Luke, the third chapter, fourth through the sixth verse, smooth here. As it is written and forever remains written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. <clears throat> the voice of the ones shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every ravine shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be shall be made straight and the rough road smooth and all mankind shall see the salvation of the Lord. So we should be in the church preaching and teaching toward everything that needs to be changed, moving obstacles of the money changes away from the temple of, of God, straightening out anything that's hindering us from running this race. Yes. Whether it's liars or fornicators or whatever it is, we should be teaching a straight way of life, a life that we might not can prevent homosexuality or same-sex marriage or whatever, but we should be speaking out against that with the word of God in God's word saying, this is what the word says, we shouldn't be doing this, and this is what's crooked in life. People are not going to like those things that you're straightening out that which is crooked, but it's encumbered upon us as lights in the world to shine God's word on that which is wrong, that which is crooked. We're to shout it out up on the rooftops. Yes. That gain is is not godliness all of the time, and that prosperity for the sake of prosperity is not what we should be pursuing. We should be pursuing holiness. Amen. And so monetary gain, a material gain of the gain of mamma, it even says where our gold shall rust. Gold is something that the world teaches wouldn't rust. But we see where scripture says where even your gold in the book of James, if you cheat the hireling or whatever, all of your gold is corrupted. Yes. So yes. all of the things that's not being built for the Lord, if the Lord's not built the builder of the house, we labor in vain. So we need to start examining our ways, our motivations of why we do what we do. What's the reasoning of, of the rationale behind our ways? Is it God directing our ways? Is it his word, is his spirit directing our words? Uh, <clears throat> We know when God's plan is complete, nothing will be crooked. There's nothing that won't be made straight. God will wipe away every tear. There shall not be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain uh, for the former crookedness will have been made straight. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be new spiritual bodies and, most importantly, a new heart. God tells us to show and shows us how to be a part of that future right now, yes. that his will be done. Yes. 
our responsibilities to make our past as straight as possible, not just for our sakes, but also for the effect it has on others. Straighten out that which is crooked. crooked. So some people say, well, you're not God or whatever. Yeah, but we should shoot for the, to, to be as close as we can as he is. Yes. We should do as Christ did. It is incumbent upon us. It is our purpose to preach and teach the word of God and walk in the way and have that plumb line, set that plumb line out there in our lives. Let people see that. See, our light, it shouldn't lose its savor. Its salt have lost its savor. So when we neglect, as I did this week, my salt had left the savor. Sometimes you should say the first thing that come into your mind. Well, mom, I didn't say the first thing that had came into my mind and it cost me and it still costed me. Sometimes we can't pity our enemy. Sometimes you have to lop the head off the serpent at that time. That's what Samuel did. He came in and lopped Agag's head off at that time. He'd given us a polished sword. He had given us his words. Don't entangle ourselves in this world, uh, in the ways of this world, and trying sometime to spare people's feelings or spare hurt. We do it sometime in our family because of familiarity or whatever, so we should start doing it to the strangers and things, but sometimes we're st- kinder to strangers than we are to those of our own family or those of us in our own homes. We have to start start being that light and that salt that has not lost its savor. That's why in the book of Matthew, that seventh chapter, and the fourteenth chapter, when he's talking about the straight and the narrow way or whatever. It's true or false. Have you noticed that in Christianity, when we're talking about Christianity, that the straight way and the broad way is two ways of Christianity? It's not a way of unbelievers and not a way of the world. When it says the broad way, the broad way is allowing things into Christianity that could cause people to be lost. In other words, when you acknowledge or tolerate or go along with sin, it's like allowing homosexuality into the church, allowing same-sex marriage into the church, allowing anything that's a work of the flesh into the church. Because these are the people that says, didn't we do all of these things in your, in your name? That's the many. It says, many shall say unto me, Lord, hadn't we cast out devils in your name? Hadn't we fed the needy in your name? Hadn't we did it? But we have to realize that when he's preaching that, he says, why call me Lord if you do not the things that I say? These are people that are rejecting or rebelling against the teaching of the word of God. So we should see that some people come up against the adverse adversity, uh, people that come up against the plain taught truths of God because Jesus says, 
Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? So these are people that are actually calling him Lord, believing that they're saved, believing that anything should suit God. It's like a lot of people say, well, I tried to, you ought to be grateful I did that. No, that's why he give us away and tell us these things because he's not going to settle for anything. God doesn't just sell for anything. He gives us the right way to do things. And that's why he tells us rightly dividing the word of truth. So the broad way is being a having piety, a false piety in religion. That way is the destructive way. And believe me, when your ways please the Lord, you'll start seeing it in your life in a start of become fruitful. So I, 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 I hadn't put it exactly the way I wanted to this morning because I'm just kind of summarizing for us what we've went over in the last two days. But when he says he's going to lead us in a way, in our ways, these has to be trimmed down and made straight and the right way. It's a narrow way. Yes. Instead of lightening up, we have to tighten up. Mm-hmm. We have to tighten the ship up more and more. And I have to tighten myself up more and more. I've, I've allowed it to be frayed, but I continually, continually ask y'all to pray for me. Because the more you work for God, the more obstacles and things will come in and try to get you deviated from that pathway. Heavenly Father.